This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only podcast focused on Brian K. Vaughn, comic book author extraordinaire, and his series saga with comic book artist extraordinaire Fiona Staples, hosted by myself, Spencer. And me, Logan. We break down, every, by the way, Logan, that was probably my best intro in like five episodes. <laughs> um, so uh, every week we get together and, well, every week-ish, had a couple emergencies on my part. It's all my fault that we're, we're behind, but we're catching up and we're planning to catch up a lot in June. I have some so time off. I, I want to interrupt you here. And yeah. uh, while you're apologizing, I also need to apologize because I royally fucked up our last episode. So if you're listening to this and then you're like, so the last episode was an episode that had already been posted, go back and re-download it because I fixed it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had no not idea only happened. did I post it early, I posted the <laughs> episode eleven or issue. My favorite 11. part. Is that you posted it early with the tweet saying it was Saturday, but it was on a Thursday. Yeah, I, I hit post instead of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I definitely responded to your tweet, one of the tweets, and said, it's Thursday. Oh, I don't get on Twitter. So. I know. I, but I thought if he did, he'll find this funny. Um, <laughs> now I have to go look. So, so two, uh, I guess, mea culpas, because, like, turns out it didn't matter because nobody had a new episode to listen to anyway because i fucked it up so it's fixed well we're trying to get this train back on the tracks and i like i was about to say i have i have about a month off in june and so um we're exactly a month off in june so i'm hoping that logan and i can stack up some episodes so we have some consistency not afflicted by uh i don't know life because it's mostly life it's not really anybody's fault it's just life stuff keeps happening the past few weeks so um, every day in june I was like, can we just like take one day and record like 10 episodes like we did when we used to like do Daredevil or like Jessica Jones? Oh, God, that was so great, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I I am foreseeing some marathon sessions, maybe two or three episodes back to back here and there and catching up for real, like big time. Plus, you know, it's super page turnery, this saga series. Don't know if you've heard. And I really want to keep reading, Um, which uh, which also sort of leads into our format. Dear listener, if you are new. Um, so, uh, Logan has read all of Saga up to a point, uh, uh, aside from the last couple of issues. Um, and, uh, I have read up until I believe it was the last issue, I think was my last one. Um, and so, uh, I'm now in uncharted territory. It's all new for me, but I'm only reading prior to recording. So I'm not reading ahead and knowing what's going to happen. So we're talking about it from kind of two different perspectives. That being said, that's why I want to like do some binge episodes so I can like catch up on the reading. Cause it's very exciting. Um, um, and so this week we are doing chapter 14, issue 14 of Saga. Um, we're going to spoil the whole issue and anything that's happened so far. And basically we're going to just talk about it from cover to cover. And at the end we'll talk about our favorite panel or page or sequence or something like that. We'll give it some sort of trophy um, that we'll make up at the end. <laughs> and um, and then uh, tell you where you can find more of us. So stick around uh, for that. because yeah, And rate and review us wherever you're listening to us. And if you say bad things, as long as you give us five stars we'll say it out loud um yeah so that's that's what i got logan let's talk about issue 14 in particular that cool cover (laughs) um yeah it's uh it's pretty great but also like i i i don't know for some reason i'm like if you stumbled on this issue you wouldn't really like because it's not the main characters it's literally two of the sidiest side characters we have at this point (laughs) (laughs) right but it's still a really good looking cover i love the the color palette it's usually great but i don't know something about this it feels very ridley scottish to me 
Yeah, like the like a gladiator with the with the kind of wheat or the the long grass kind of look to yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. And and um, I love sort of the heroic pose of Gwendolyn with her bow staff and like um, yeah, it's just all very good. And I like the stuff in space. I always like her spacey stuff, man. And like the like the donut looking or kind of like deformed donuts, like planet or asteroid things in the sky. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I love the cover. I think it's really cool. It's very majestic. I think is the word that's coming to mind right yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to put it. Uh, it's funny. I just want to say, because we had a, a several issues back at cover where we were kind of like, um, we're not so hot on it. It's sort of probably the only one we've not been super hot on. And, um, and, and, you know, and that's like saying like, as we've said many times, the best thing in the world, and this is just quite, not quite as good as the other best things, but it's still better than most things. So not, not knocking anything, but we had one cover where we, we didn't like it so much. And, um, I really feel Logan that that was like a transition to this new phase of covers. Um, and so I'm wondering like, uh, with this sort of microscopic look at things, if we are just like, oh, that's different. I don't like it because it's different. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now we're getting used to it and it's like, oh, okay. I like this. I like what they're, what they're doing here. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious if like they're, they sold us on it now and we're into this, um, this new format. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's just a random thought that was going through my mind. Um, no, I think that's probably pretty on point, especially for me, because I'm very adverse to change. <laughs> so anything no. that's different, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I like this. And then like yeah. literally a month later, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm looking for which cover it was that we didn't like. I'm trying to remember which issue it was. I'm going through real quick just so I can reference it. Um, Cause I think it was, it was like an orangey cover. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, chapter, it's chapter 10 with, uh, yeah. with the mom swinging at Isabel. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so chapter 10, sort of a transition. And then you see it, these more, there's more textures in the covers. Cause that's the thing is we have these really cool pieces, but with these really stark backgrounds, uh, and primary colors backgrounds. So like not a lot of detail there. And now all of a sudden we're getting like foregrounds and we're getting things in space and two characters. And it's, uh, they're getting a little more active, not, not like splashy. Like, um, I happen to have a pile of comic books in front of me. So not like, uh, soup, Hanna-Barbera Superman meets top cat, which is an insane cover. Um, um, just to say like I'm cutting deep there with something from the last couple of years but I look at other covers and and I'm like no matter what even if these get busier they are so much better than than 95% of what I look at if not more than that Um, so enough cover talk who do we meet on our first page (laughs) Um, Alana's mother (laughs) step step mom step mom but she like I'm not to jump too far ahead, but she's she just like I'm Alana's mom. Like what? What? I love the photography. It reminds me. I've have I told you? I think I've told you. I like the show The OC, like the from yeah. 2004 ish, and so it's just one of those shows that came out. I was in high school. It was just the right time in the right place, and just whatever. I, I hold it fondly in my heart. I've never actually finished the final season though. I'm working on it currently on HBO Max because I went to I moved out. By the time the final season started, I didn't have cable for a year, and that was the the lost year. There's a couple shows I never finished because of that. Um, and uh, anyway, but I'm looking at Alana and her sort of her the way she dresses, the way the paparazzi are with her, and I'm like, this is like if the OC were in Saga. This is what it would look like. This yeah, is it right here. <laughs> I mean, it's even got that sort of mid 2000s style that she's wearing and stuff. And like, um, aside from the colorful hair, it's like, it's just very like, mm-hmm, I know these people from this time from television. <laughs> even the, the, well, I guess it, reporter is a liberal use of the word, but the paparazzi, um, yeah. you have the one dude that's very like metrosexually dressed, you know, with He's the, chic. the yeah and then the other dude's just wearing like uh army pants or army shorts and like yeah i don't know if that's a jacket or a shirt or a shirt jacket you know just a t-shirt underneath it and uh like it's very fidel castro-y so here's how here's how i'm gonna describe them 
so people can get a visual if they haven't read this issue or can't remember. Okay, the 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 reporter part of the paparazzi, the guy who's doing the the journalist, quote unquote, um, would go to see Britney Spears in concert circa 2005. The the photographer has definitely seen Death Cab for Cutie like 30 times <laughs> at small venues. That's how they look. That's that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the things I think of. Um, so I amuse myself, even if I don't amuse anyone else except for you, Logan. Um, so, so okay, so they're they're there. They're talking to her. They're they're investigating. We, you know, we left off with them speaking to the the guy who was injured at the at the VA um, previously. And so, like, they're getting the story. They're following the lead. So they may be paparazzi, but they're like, they're paparazzi, man. They'll they'll find out. They like they'll figure out the truth if they're doing their job uh, to the fullest. I mean, there's there's been many big things cracked and exposed in the world um, that all to do with the paparazzi and not to do with uh, uh, standard journalists. Um, and and so they're, they're on the case, they're trying to figure out what's going on, and their assumption is they believe very clearly that Alana and Marco have had this baby together. This is all, they're in cahoots, they're in love, um, and they're questioning even, which is a very funny name for a person, um, but even Alana's stepmom. Uh, who, who is Alana's school friend who married her dad? Yeah, summer yeah. camp buddy. <laughs> who married her dad in a very American beautyish kind of <laughs> fucked up scenario. My favorite is when she says, "We met at um, summer camp, actually," and the death cab guy goes, "Ah." And then she goes, very cat, like, it's not like that. I didn't even meet her father until I was out of high school. So it's like, <laughs> I just love that she's like, I get asked this a lot, and it's not like that. And here's the here's the truth. It's so funny to me. The wedding photo. <laughs> that is honestly one of the best jokes they've done in ages. The dude isn't even happy. <laughs> Alana looks like she wants to set her on fire. The dude looks like... I. I You'd think it was like a, a shotgun wedding or something with the look on his face. <laughs> Literally, the only person happy is the most oblivious person we have met in this series so far. <laughs> well, I feel like there's this trope in certain soapy stories. I guess I'm exposing my soapy knowledge, my soap opera knowledge, and my, my OC knowledge here. Shame on me. But there's a certain thing where, like, the rich or powerful or both – um, a dad, older dad, elder dad, marries someone young, both for his arm piece, but mostly so that his young daughter can have someone to speak to. Yeah. And and I feel like maybe there's an element of that in play. I do love how clearly misjudged it is. Like that picture just tells you everything with Alana and her sort of emo. Uh, she's definitely it's a couple of those death cab concerts with that uh, with Mr. Journalist guy, uh, the photographer. Um, but her emo anger and angst behind them looking at him and that he's so oblivious and maybe even uh, or maybe even the the stepmom is also so oblivious that they would even frame this photo. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> Um, so, but one thing I wanted to point out, you know, too, so they're questioning her and, and basically she's, she's like, here's kind of a little bit of backstory about Alana's home life. Um, and you know, her mom, uh, is, is gone and I'm the stepmom and, um, and the dad seems pretty serious and, um, and, and I'm very curious to find out more about, uh, him because I, I think that based on his look and stuff and, and some of the stuff she says about his colleagues and, and I, I just think he's going to play a bigger piece of this, especially because I think there's like this whole parental thing theme throughout the book with with Marco's parents. We've got to balance the skills to some degree and we're starting now with even, um, but I can't wait to meet her dad because I think he's going to be a real SOB. Um, but all that to say, did you notice what was on her round TV? Um, yeah, the the baby bump, uh, Mrs. Robot the fourth or whatever. Yeah, royal baby bump question mark, which was kind of crap that we still see. I mean, it's that's very common, you know. Now it's not very futuristic to be obsessed with some some queen, princess, whatever being pregnant. Um, I I honestly had not put this whole like uh, the royals are kind of robots. It, like our world perspective like how mm -hmm. like you know statuette like they are very robotic the royal family like it's a very um just this is the way you do things like i, I had not made that connection 
until yeah. like that moment, the royal baby bump thing. I'm like, oh, it, it is a comment on like the royal family. So yeah. No, that's cool. I like that. Um, and I think we're going to see more of that the more we, because I feel like we have been uh, teased with the Royals more than even the Will. The Will's a side character to our main group, but I feel like we spent more time with him and gotten to know who he is a little better. Um, and so I feel like we're going to get into more of that. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Like, I really, it's very difficult not to read ahead. Um, the, uh, no spoilers, but I will say the stuff with Prince Robot gets so fucking interesting <laughs> interesting is a good word I, th- I was afraid you were gonna go good and i'm like buddy this has always been good like that's not an <laughs> insightful like i i my mind filled in the mad libs right but but interesting that's 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 a good word that's the word i want to hear for what happens it's um, like you're talking about tv shows if you read i don't know say issue 30 ish <laughs> and I had only read issue one. By the time you got to the Prince Robot stuff, you'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> so I can't Interesting. wait. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I do like that essentially um, that even does stand up to the for what she perceives as the appropriate relation or, or reputation Alana should have. Um, and, and that she's unclear if Alana's alive, A, because she says at the beginning and then at the end of the interaction, because she kind of goes with the, the tense she was, she is a good person. Um, but uh, Alana isn't a turncoat. There's things like that. And I do love the paparazzi being really safe in their language. Uh, and we're all praying for her safe return. The, the code switching of what's proper to say where they are is really, really good. And it's a good attention to detail. Because he could have just said, yes, ma'am, or okay, I'm sorry, or whatever. But it's like, nope, yep, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and so I like all of that. Um, Artistically, th- I think the the purple ribbon on the tree mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. also such a like I don't know if you've ever driven through uh, the military base uh, Fort Benning. Yeah, I have. I have. Like it's such a thing to see, you know, a yellow ribbon around a tree, and yeah. <laughs> like I saw that and I was like, hey, this looks like all the houses <laughs> on the military base, and they're flying a flag, but also have a purple ribbon around the tree of course they do yep no absolutely i i totally see it i, I cannot wait to meet alana's dad and see what his deal is um so leaving even for the remainder of the issue um we get back to quietus um and i do it's i always sort of wonder about the choices so the the opening panel we get some of the cool like spacey stuff i love um but the the narration from hazel says actually my mother never set foot on the planet where she was born never again set foot on the planet where she was born and i always wonder logan and i wonder if you wondered this i say wonder four more times um when a writer puts that and i know a comic book series has you know 30 more issues and ahead of where we're at currently or 40 more and there's more to come like do you think they do you think vaughn feels boxed in with that like at some point in the future he's like man i wish i had not put that one line in that eliminates ever bringing alana back to the planet i and and you know i trust vaughn it's not that i don't trust him it's from like a it's sort of like looking at an amazing piece of furniture that was handmade and going like how did he do it like and i'm on the craft level i always it pulls me out of a book for a split second to go like i wonder if vaughn regrets that choice like, I wonder, I don't know. I don't have any, I haven't read ahead. They could blow up the planet in the next issue and it's a non-issue. But like, I, I find that very interesting. And then she, then he further doubles down and teases that Hazel and her grandmother did. Um, but it wasn't until long after this trip. So I'll just shut up now. So I'm like, bam, two, one, two punch. Alana will never go back there. That can never happen now in the story that we that Hazel knows about. That would be the caveat, right? Um, and then Hazel and her grandmother go back. Now I'm like, well, dude, you've got to do that. You've got to you got to never let her go, and you've got to figure out how to get them there. I wonder if it's ever a challenge. I wonder if it's ever like I painted myself on a box with this line, um, or I wonder if he's just got a whole plan. And I always I always think that. Do you ever think of stuff like that? Um, it always reminds me of, since we haven't talked about Star Wars in a few episodes, um, the fact <laughs> that Obi-Wan Kenobi finally meets General Grievous in episode three and comments on the fact that they've never met. So that then when George Lucas 
brings in Dave Filoni to create uh, six, seven seasons of a show about the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can never have those two characters meet. And that's a problem that you have to get around. I, it's so funny. Vaughn seems like the kind of guy who intentionally paints himself in a corner so that he can yeah. then figure it out. Yeah, I, I do wonder that. That's, that's really a vibe I get from his writing because his writing is so clever and there's so it's so intricate and in terms of the plotting. And I want I do I can picture him being like, I'm gonna say this now because it's a cool thing to say and also challenge accepted by self. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyway, that's a that's I digress. But now we're meeting. Uh, we're, we're everyone's meeting uh, our drunken author. What do you think <laughs> about our meet in the uh, in the field? Uh, the the best meat cute ever. Um, so meat puke ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went, immediately when I read this, I was like, I can't wait Hold to hear Spencer talk. To- All right. All the car seats are in your car. Yeah. Last time. last thing you said okay cool sorry you can leave it in double it <laughs> so um, what are you saying sorry um when i read this i was my first thought was i can't wait to hear spencer's story about being puked on um i don't but, have <laughs> one i'm a lucky parent what? yeah i don't have one. Oh wow i mean um, it's been around but not not on me I, I feel like this is very much Vaughn's written revenge on his child or children uh-huh. after having been puked on so many times. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to write a story where the author pukes on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my only issue with this is I'm, if they were not in desperate times, they would never talk to this man again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. I um, mean, can you imagine meeting? I don't I don't even know who you would consider your like creative hero to be but um are, are meeting brian k vaughn yeah. and like he's drunk and then throws up on ezra you'd be like you're an asshole and i'm sorry i did this and walk away 100 <laughs> percent um but of course we've got the the mom bleeding out the ear there's like they're like they they need they need help they've come all this way they're they're desperate times call for desperate allowances maybe <laughs> because that's not cool um but interesting enough um uh, i do think it's a a fascinating first way to say like hey they 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 are in a place where this would be okay like you have to believe that and it it really does illustrate the place they're in that they would move forward with any conversation with this guy Um, the the kicker is that he mentions he has a washing machine and a lot of like with detergent like i haven't been able to wash my clothes and I don't know, a year. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I like Isabella's Isabella's me. You know, she's like, hold on, are we seriously going home with the strange man who just puked all over an infant? <laughs> That's so good. Um, and so I and I and I like the mom saying the whole the ready your side of the ether, <laughs> essentially like we're all gonna <laughs> we're die. We're all gonna die. It's so good. Um, so yeah, so we we're, we're we're heading back to the lighthouse, and we and we jump over to uh, the Will and Gwendolyn um, fishing. I'm gonna say, how would you like to to describe what they're doing? I mean, that's a perfect uh, description. Only you know, air. Sh- what what would you call them? Air sharks. Like air sharks it, have been <laughs> shot with paintballs. It seems like such a '90s concept. Like one of those like bizarre one season 90s action cartoons like air sharks oh yeah <laughs> that absolutely and they have like yes absolutely and and so yeah they're really cool looking i actually really like them a lot they're very neat looking um to see um because what's not cool about flying sharks on the page in real life not cool at all but but uh but here very cool um and they're using the retractable sword uh to to lance them and bring them down um and uh it's pretty cool like i think it's all neat and um and then then sophia says something sophie 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 says something um a little 
disturbing about yeah the whole slave girl thing like it i'm glad he doesn't immediately walk away from her conditioning and like what all of that means to somebody like in real life what that would be like because it's it would be very very easy to just be like oh I, in the book i'm just gonna write it like she just you know magically got past all this and her name is sophie but um instead we get even little moments of you know her like i can cut it i can cook things all slave girls know how to do it um and and then having to correct her and and tell her like that's not who you are anymore uh which it is just as hurtful for her i'm sure yeah no no absolutely um it's a uh... It's all it's all just so interesting. I, I think that I had this moment with these this group where I thought they were gonna become a little family almost. And I know there've been some tension like with the violence threatened and things like that with them. Um, but like I really feel like as we dig in deeper, especially with what is clear clearly the Will's fractured psyche, I'm just smell doom around every corner. Yeah, I kind of alluded to it in the last episode because um, uh, of him seeing the stalk and being like, yeah, kind of seeing this dude lose his mind because he's he's not really on anything um, and yeah. says as much. And the fact that she again shows up here not to get ahead of it. But yeah, you're you're definitely seeing this dude like come completely unglued. It's going to be interesting to see with Sophie and her fate where she ends up. I hope it is not like just a victim of his craziness, essentially. Like like he goes and does something foolish and that causes her to, to die in some way, like an accident um, or violence that he's put himself into. But I but now I start to look and go, like it really looked like the will was going to come in as like the Lone Ranger and save the, the girl. But um but is in fact the uh, the truth that Gwendolyn is going to be ends up who taking ends up who is with the girl and takes care of her. Maybe not either one of them, but that's uh, but that's uh, just an interesting thing. I'm starting to see like I had this expectation, and I feel like it's going a whole different way. Yeah, um, I, I I do also feel like that that was one of uh, Vaughn's things. Like he intentionally wrote out like here's what you want in the last issue. Like you want, you want them to get together and start this little makeshift family. And he specifically wrote that out so that when he tears that apart, more or less, you're like, you're like, you told me, like, I knew that's what I wanted. You told me that's what you were going to do. And then you just pulled the rug out from underneath me. It's such, it's, it's such a trope, but also he does it so well that it's like, damn it, man. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, what do you think about, so there's this thing, this dynamic going on. So the stock shows up and is like speaking to the will, you know, I'm going to say that we know that it's just the will talking to himself, but I'm going to say it like, sort of like we're seeing it. Um, and it, it is kind of uh, not even kind of, is it directly trying to influence him to like, make a pass at Gwendolyn. Um, and there's this great thing of, it's something I really like. It, you see it in ghost stories sometimes where like the person's talking to the ghost, but their response to the ghost syncs up with what the live person who cannot see the ghost is saying. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's a, I love that. It's like a fun little trope, right? And, and it's very fun, but I do think it's funny that what they have moved it into is like a, a romantic entanglement, like the, like, he and it is clearly the will right in desperate need of a connection and like or, or like it, the void of his romantic uh, love being uh, de- destroyed um he is trying to fill that void with the the only available female <laughs> and 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 so like it's it's this interesting thing of like the I, it's such a weird like dynamic of the the, the stock seems like a third character you know and you know encouraging him and then there's this conversation that's getting all messed up and it looks like it's that joke of oh he's talking to the ghost but it really kind of is just talking to Gwendolyn because they're the only two there and so it looks like it's that trope but it's not really that trope because he they're both 
the stock and the will are the same. And so it's very fun to me, like the, the, the dynamics of playing with such a silly little trope that is very fun, um, that, that ends with a great, a great punchline where um, Gwendolyn punches him and says, next time you touch me without asking, I punch your heart out. And I love that the, the last panel of that is the, the stock leaning in and going, <laughs> in quotes, without asking. Like, yeah. that's the will speaking to himself. And and it's so funny to me, and the whole thing is really well done. Um, did you like this as much as I did? I, I loved it. It felt like uh, like something from a movie from like the thirties, <laughs> like yes, uh, yes, like the front page or something. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, kind of very fast talking and like this weird uh, misogynistic like play, like very kind of toxic masculinity uh, to use a modern phrase but then like like most of those strong female characters you rarely got in old movies like that she she like i mean she does kiss him back for like two seconds and then knocks the shit out of him <laughs> and it's so perfect um but, but you yeah, know there's, the a, there's an element too right there's an element too with Gwendolyn because I noticed I kind of went back and looked and like okay on the second panel her eyes closed so we get a moment where she kisses him back for sure but also like Marco was her fiance and he has now done this terrible crime in her in her view of not only running away with uh, the enemy but creating a life with the enemy and having a, you know marrying the enemy and essentially like pooping on her heart <laughs> like and and so that there's this moment where i'm like does she kiss him back or does she also have the same kind of vulnerability that the will has and that their romantic the romantic part of their hearts uh have been just kind of stomped upon um and i and i wonder like as we go further i don't ever suspect i don't at this point expect gwendolyn to uh and and the will to kind of roll in the hay unless it's some sort of like anger neat thing yeah that uh uh combative kind of like we're very angry at each other but you know yeah An- another you're here and i'm classic, here <laughs> yeah another classic trope so yes exactly um so back on quietus we get a panel of um a character that you sent me an, an action figure of um not you sent me a link no you didn't send me the figure because you're a terrible friend you just sent me a link oh to the figure. <laughs> <laughs> um just kidding just kidding but um so the 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 walrus and the seal what are their names do you know uh, their names gus is the walrus's name i gus. don't think the seal has a name okay or, um, no, lion you know or whatever what is it what did we oh the walrus doesn't yeah so so gus yeah, is the, a sea lion gus is the sea lion the walrus okay. doesn't have a name sorry this is i did the same thing last time i think the seal thing is going to be an ongoing issue for me and i'm gonna i'm gonna work to be better um, they're all the same it's just yeah seals sea lions walruses i don't know sea cows they're all big fat sea cows <laughs> <laughs> um so we see them on quietus they're at the lighthouse um and and they're they're going into the lighthouse and, and the uh, our author is taking them into the library. I love how excited Alana is to be in a library. Yeah, book bookgasm, very funny. Um, and what what he what we've come to do is to repair um, Marco's mom's ear. Um, but it, there's just, I love this whole dynamic of like he's plotting out his next book and Marco has questions and Alana's like no spoilers and there's so many levels of like Isabel thinks he looks crazy and Marco's kind of you know intellectually intrigued and uh, Alana's just fangirling out. They're all what it is really is like a two pages two page illustration of how different all of these characters are. And that's yeah, really it's, cool. It's really it's pretty great. Um, like especially the just the comment of. Uh, Marco's reading the the wall of whatever, and he he says the opposite of war, which I guess is maybe the title or just something written on a card on the board. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, "So you're writing another book about peace?" And he says, "Peace isn't the opposite of war." And Alana's response is, "No spoilers." <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's such a like it's such a perfect thing of like, yes, no spoilers for the book, but don't tell me what the opposite of war is. Don't spoil that for me. It's such a, it's just such, such a perfect placement of words. 
yeah no i i totally agree um it's all very funny and and then we get this moment where the battle of cartwright comes up um and it bonds um marco's mom and heist and this moment where we find out that heist's um wife was sort of um casualty of war um and um and that like they're they're linked in this way um and it's it's very interesting um to see because i mean it, we'll get to what the moment ends on um but we find out a little bit more about heist he lost his wife um his son uh, later on we we already know about his son from his conversation with prince robot a few issues back um with that folding timeline man it's very it's and it's 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 not confusing it's just it's it the the way he's the way that vaughn is layering themes and plot by kind of jumping around in time this way is actually making it very um i think it makes it more poignant the way this is laid out where we've learned about his son and then now wow and his wife and it was connected to where marco's mom was it's it's if you put that all in a row and you find out about the wife first or everything all at once he's just like oh that's terrible it's almost too easy to sympathize yep and and so all of this is just really kind of layered things but then connected um through the battle of cartwright where marco's mom has shrapnel in her butt from and stuff like that like it's um you start to connect all this stuff together um and he sees in her someone who's just lost a spouse and i thought i thought that was a really meaningful interaction yeah uh it's it's weird how you can recognize grief when you've been through it it's very strange yep no i totally agree and and he uh, heist begins to to patch her up um and and they're going to have a drink together uh, to their you know lost spouses in the situation um and um, I do love that the way that they met, especially because of who who we saw Bar to be um, making, you know, clothes and things like that, um, that the way that they met is they met at a youth hostel um, and uh, he was a goofy looking design student who told the single filthiest joke I've ever heard. And that was how they met is so, so good. Um, and then we get Hazel's narration, which is super. I, I did not expect at all. Um, Granny would never love anyone the way she loved my grandfather, but that didn't mean she never loved again. And all of a sudden, um, the meat cute is 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 actually a meat cute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it really is. It's not just a. I mean that's a term for you know for romantic meetings, and 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 so we can say that and apply it in other places. But that's what it means. I never would have guessed these two were going to be potentially a thing. I'm very excited for it. It also scared because Vaughn will kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean we've already seen like that interaction with Prince Robot. Like, which yep. is is a good juxtaposition of it's almost the exact same conversation um, because it is people on uh, not, kind of opposite sides, very much opposite sides here um, of of the war itself. And rather than be combative with her, like he he gets very sympathetic like and she kind of flips her switch too like she she goes at him at one point and says something to the effect of like well you know you had no right to be there anyway and then he corrects her and is like well she wasn't there fighting my wife was just there you know and she was just a casualty um yeah and so that kind of like backs her down from her stance and they wind up bonding rather than what we see happen with Prince Robot, which, you know, uh, Prince Robot takes the stance of, oh, your son killed himself. He was a coward. And, mm -hmm. you know, that leads to a totally different altercation. It's just it's such a good, good way to do it. And you're right. If if we see this first and then we get the Prince Robot issue it, it does not work it feels sloppy and like just like you're just doubling down on something you already did this for whatever reason it just works yeah nope i'm yeah well i couldn't say it better um 
so we're going to leave quietus and get back to um, the will and sophie and gwendolyn and uh, probably one of the great pages of this whole series so far in my opinion um it's five simple panels of sophie um cuddled up with lion cat in a field um and she says some things um my name is sophie she says starts stating facts um, and and one of them is like her name, and then it's like I can stand on one leg for a real long time. Um, I want to be a doctor or a dancer when I grow up, which is super sweet um, that that's uh, something she wants to be. Um, and that combo is very childlike. I love that. Um, and then she says, I'm dirty on the inside because I did things with. And then before she can finish her sentence, lying cat who's been eyes closed, laying down, never opens his eyes, lying, interrupts her, says lying. I think it's super sweet, man. I really was like, well, the Will and Gwendolyn can go die in a fire, but if something happens to Lion Cat, I will not be okay. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the fact that this is my favorite page of this issue. Yeah, no, I was I was I was trying to do panel for sure, but it is uh, I think we're going to let's just say that's unanimous um, because it is just such I think it's the best single page of the whole series so far. Um, And and I I really think that the character work that is there, the understanding of of the kid and the depths of a kid, my favorite color is blue green and I want to be a doctor or a dancer. They're so different. That's what kids do. Right. And, And and they also carry the weight of their traumas, whatever they may be. Um, and in this case, it's a pretty extraordinary one. And, and lying cat being there saying lying. And then she leans over on lying cat. And you know what, man, Gwendolyn and, and the will may get themselves killed, but I could also see a, a, a version of this where Sophie and lying cat make their own way. Um, and so now this, this, this relationship between the two um, is very intriguing to me. I love the the ship in the background. She's clearly by herself um, and she's and, and it's intentional. She is doing this. She, she's using Lion Cat as a lying detector and and it is just so good. It's the it's just I don't know. It's a great page. It's a great character piece. It's a great understanding of human beings um, and the art's beautiful. And I just love the final pose um, with um, with her leaned over on Lion Cat. And because I haven't said it in a few issues, the brow work, the eyebrow work on that panel right before the end. And when she says when Lion Cat says lying, um, like you can see she looks so sad and so scared of what's what she's saying. And then she's relieved, and it's such good brow work. So Fiona Staples once again, eyebrow king or queen of um, uh, comic book art. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm with you. It is probably one. It, I don't know if it's my favorite page in all of Saga so far, but it's definitely up there. And I mean, yeah, it is a hundred percent things that kids do. Like, I, it's so heartbreaking, and to. I've probably done it myself when you hear your child or a child that you're, you know, associated, a family child, a member, um, say something that is so like patently untrue about themselves. Like um, we have a tendency to get angry about it. And that always comes off as being anger towards the child. And so, yeah, like this panel is just so it's just all so perfect. Like, no, this is how you react. You don't like, you know, get it because the will wouldn't get angry about that. I mean, we kind of saw it previously. He kind of like forcefully tries to tell her that's not who you are anymore. And it it just makes her feel more ashamed. Nope, I, I totally agree. And and I think, yeah, I've, I'm a sucker for the big emotional moment. So I probably, if I had to, it'd probably be better for me to break things into categories. But this is probably my the most emotional um, and heart-wrenching page of the series so far. Um, and, 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 and this and and Bar, I think, are the two big ones. Um, yeah. And then... Um, and then there's some cool there's some other pages that are sci-fi stuff that I'm like, these are pretty cool too. So I think in the categories of heart-wrenching things, this is definitely one of the best. If I remove some of the hyperbole, I'll call it one of the best for sure. Yeah. Um so then we get a little bit more between uh Gwendolyn and the Will. The Will is like, I'm you know, you know, putting down stakes, I'm staying here. You guys go off and or you go off and do whatever you want to do. Um and um and he's just kind of like, I'm giving up and I'm going to be a crazy man on this planet by myself, essentially. Um, and Gwendolyn's not into it, but then he gets a call. Um, did you think 
that. What are you going to say? I love this character design. It's so good. It's a weasel, man. <laughs> it reminds me of the rat from uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Um, it's got similar proportions and stuff, but it is, it's just because it's a weasel. Though. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Um, and I love that it's a weasel who's the informant. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, um, so um, you know, we know that they're looking for the rocket ship or the rocket what do I get? Rocket ship tree, tree rocket ship, um, and the wooden rocket, and and we think that's what this call is, but it's not. It's something else. Um, it is, in fact, our buddy Prince Robot the Fourth gassing up on the way to a place called Quietus. So now we're, we're now what I felt right here, man, is all the strings tightening up together. Um, so what we didn't know when um, when prince robot was at the lighthouse is that very potentially the will is right behind him yep. that we didn't we didn't have that before um and we had no reason to suspect it um and we and now the ship hasn't been repaired yet but it's on the way it's i mean he's making his plans the will was making his plan to stay um and not chase them and just retire so that means he's like he's they're on the precipice of getting that ship fixed so now that that could mean that in our climax our crazy moment Prince Robot is and where the Will and Gwendolyn and Sophie are. Mm -hmm. And they're clearly close to each other, although the Will is the ship is busted. So he's staying in one place. But it kind of like goes back to that to show you like they weren't that far apart. So, yes, he is right on his heels. Like once they're mobile, he's not that far. It's crazy. And um, and so, yeah, so that includes our issue. I mean, we are um, I'm you know, I'm doing the big the big collected edition and it's it's slowly getting smaller on the back end. Um, so we're, we're getting close to the end of, of this this chapter of, of reading for me. It's very weird. And I, when I look at it, too, I'm kind of going back and going, oh, man, like, gosh, what do we have in my collection? Just a couple, like three or four more issues. It's wild. Um, but we're making some progress, and that's exciting. Um, is this the issue you said we had a letters page, the questions? Yeah, uh, we can burn through them uh, fairly quickly, I think. Um, sure. Since we already did our favorite page. Uh, so question one, parlance of the newfangled chat rooms. I love this. I mean, this issue is almost 10 years old. So uh-huh. uh, ASL, age, sex, location. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, if you're listening to this, uh, you probably know <laughs> for both of us. So, um, but I'm in Columbus and Spencer's in Chattanooga. So um, we're both old. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 35 <laughs> tomorrow. Of this, oh, as of this yes, recording. that's right. So, Happy early so, yeah. birthday. Thank um, you. I'm 43. <laughs> so, um, 43. Yeah, I'm so damn old. Uh, <laughs> where do you buy your comic books? Um, I buy mine from the Book Exchange still, or Columbus Comics now. Sorry. Yeah, and I get mine mostly from Infinity Flux here in Chattanooga. Uh, which is a good place. So if you ever through Chattanooga Infinity Flux. Uh, I want to get back up there when I go. Uh, when was the last time you climbed a rope and or used a rope to aid your ascent? I don't know that I've ever done that. I, I know I did it with Ezra on a playground within the last year, and it was very difficult. Um, but then I've, I've been doing some exercising and had some great success on the monkey bars. So just to kind of toot my own horn. Um, but I, but I have not seen the rope thing since there's so many playgrounds we go to around Chattanooga. There's so many great little parks and I don't remember where that one was, but I know it had to do with playing with him. Um, and it was difficult, but now I think it would be easier and I feel proud of that thought. Uh, maybe one day I'll give it a try. I'm not one for heights though. So like even five feet off the ground, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in any kind of afterlife? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. 
who is the most famous person you went to school with? Oh, I went to school with. No, I mean, well, I think probably me because I had my own website. I mean, <laughs> like we, I don't, I can't think of anyone who went on to do anything of of real major. I mean, people have done well and stuff, but but I don't think fame wise, I don't think we have anybody. Yeah, me either. Um, I did go to Columbus High School and uh several years before me a dude by the name of frank thomas uh went there uh mm-hmm. but i yeah. did not go to school with him so uh famous baseball player if you don't watch baseball but uh he was there right after my mom was there i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah uh, but yeah i didn't i don't think i went to, i went to a school with a lot of people who thought they were going to be famous but yeah. uh they're still playing uh guitar in their parents garage so um (laughs) in adolescent sex talk what does third base represent to you um uh, that it's such like uh such a weird below the waist yeah yeah you know i guess we could below the waist and in the front yes (laughs) how about that that's a very general, gender non-specific answer, but I'm saying below the waist and in the front. Uh, this is how old this issue is. Uh, President Obama hasn't had too much free time since he was elected. So which non-saga comics that have been released in the last five years would you most recommend to him? Well, we've had two other presidents since this issue was released. Um, and I, funny enough, I think Obama is the only one who might actually read a comic book because i don't think either one of the old white dudes would pick up a comic so um i'm gonna say go read vision president obama i think that's that's uh one of the best things i've read in a very long time i do uh what's the is it i kill giants is that the one yes okay i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna step up and go one of the things biden talked about a lot was like really putting money into cancer research and curing cancer. So I'm going to make him read I Kill Giants. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I said kind of Obama, I meant Biden. So oh, okay. um, <laughs> it's your final meal. What would you like to drink with that? I love this question because it's always, what is your final meal? Nah, fuck that. What do you want to drink with your final meal? Um, <sighs> and That's tough. My favorite alcoholic beverage is mm-hmm. uh, Malibu and Coke. So that's what I'm going to have to drink. Malibu and Coke. I'm weirdly, I just, I'm, I drink so much water. I'm, I think I'm like just a cold glass of ice water. <laughs> I, like I like beer and stuff, but that might ruin the meal. You never know. And I like different wines and stuff, but I don't have one of those that surpasses. Like by, if I could only have the drink and no meal, then I could pick something. But if it's going with any food, I'm like, just give me an ice cold glass of water. Yeah, I get that. Um, question nine on Star Trek and the Next Generation, which two characters had a never acknowledged love affair that only you know about. Let's see if I can come up with two characters. Which which Star Trek is this? The Next Generation, Captain Picard. Okay, so I mean, the Picard easy, is one I know. Yeah, the easy pull is like Picard and Riker, but uh, that's well, see, I was going to only, you kind of ruined it because I was going to tell you the only two people whose names I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was going to be my pick. So I'm going to stick with that because now that you said Riker, I remember Riker. Um, but I'm going to instead stick with my original answer was going to be because they were the only two names I could pull out of my head were Picard and Data. Uh, I like Picard and Data. I was going to go Data and Jordy. I don't know who that is. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Reading Rainbow Dude. Oh, okay. Uh, LeVar Burton? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. I knew LeVar Burton was on. I just didn't know his character name. <laughs> I've never seen, I've probably seen five minutes. Such a Star Wars guy, man. Star Trek Next Generation has some really good stuff in it. Well, Um, no, it's funny. It's just, it's daunting. That's the problem. It's daunting. I actually am not such a Star Wars guy to to the extent I don't want to. I'm just like, God, every time, like, there's just so much of it. Yeah, there's a lot. I've seen the original series, like, a good, almost all of it. But, and I've seen, like, some of the movies, even, like, the, not just the newer movies. I've seen all three of the newer ones, but the, the, some of the older ones, too. But I just, yeah, it's just, it's daunting. Um, 
uh, what question 10, what is the best thing you've ever stolen? Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've <laughs> sad to say in my time, I have stolen a few comic books. So, um, comics are definitely the best thing I've ever stolen. I once stole a bottle of wine from a club, like apartment clubhouse party, which, you know, the on the theft scale, whatever, like doesn't really actually matter. But the idea of my wife, who's very straight laced, encouraging me to do so makes it clearly the best thing. I oh, ever my stole. God, I cannot wait to see Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is hysterical. And the guilt she felt for weeks after it was just astounding. And funny. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't bring it up then. Anyway, it was. All, <laughs> no, it's a funny story. She talks about it as a funny story. or I wouldn't bring it up here. But uh, but yeah, it was one of those things like it was an apartment. They they it was they had like wine for people to come by to this part like it was like for the community and instead of hanging out we just stole a bottle of wine (laughs) that's awesome so it was her idea not mine that's that's the best part um all right so question 11 who or what do you miss who or what do you miss man i miss going to the movies that's gonna be mine right now today it is that (laughs) i miss going to the movies um it's so easy to just say i miss my brother um yeah but uh yeah i i miss a lot of things uh but uh, it's easy to say him and i I always miss him so i'll stick with that Uh, i miss ice cream though god i miss ice cream I used to eat ice cream every day, and I actually have some in the freezer, and I've done good not to eat it. Um, uh, I haven't had a sweet since my uncle went to the hospital. That's good for you. I ate a bag of Sour Patch Kids the other day. so That doesn't uh, sound good to me, so I appreciate that story because I don't like those. So that's good. Good for you. They, I'm, I'm I, don't, I don't like them either, but they were peach Sour Patch Kids, and I was like, I want to try that. They were fucking They were so good. Um, anyway, have you ever had a possible supernatural experience? Um, yes, but I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, I have, and really it's simple. Uh, <laughs> the, the house where I'm currently staying, my sister-in-law's house, mm-hmm. is very much haunted. And there is a ghost that lives at the end of the hallway that I occasionally see looking into either my niece's door or her door. So does it freak you out? That sounds very freaky to me. Um, I would not want that in my life. Yeah. Ryan used to see her all the time too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I say I frequently, I don't really, see, I've seen her three or four times maybe. Um, but it's, it, it's not like a scary looking ghosty thing. So, okay. um, I just kind of let it go. Um, <sighs> Do you know anyone currently in prison? Uh, no. No. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Have uh, I'm out of touch with a lot of my non-famous high school friends, though, <laughs> yeah. so they could be. Which field or fields do you consider yourself an expert in? Um, you better say comics. Right. Uh, I, but I don't consider myself an expert. You, you don't think highly enough of yourself, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Spencer says comics. So. <laughs> I, I have, we drill it down to make you feel better. X Men comics. Okay. Yeah. Because you have every single one that counts. Like that's that's good good qualifier. Okay. Um, me 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 me. Um, I think it's very hard to be an expert in anything. Um, you I mean you really have the qualifications with the X Men comics. Um, who's a movie person I know more about than anyone else? Um, I don't know. I know either. I don't know. I, I'm, I know a lot about a lot, but I don't know if I'm an expert. What am I an expert in? Um, I mean, I, I feel like movies is kind of something. Yeah, movies in. is going to be. I, I could teach a great general cinema class. Yeah. How about that? We'll go with that. Um, have you ever been given an award? Um. I, I think I have, but uh, nothing substantial. I got like a writing award for high school, like for the city in my senior year. And I got runner up, excuse me, but it still was an award. Um, 
I actually didn't get runner up because I told them I wouldn't use their scholarship money to go to the school the scholarship money was to. And so that's what they gave the other person the winner. <laughs> I've never told like a group that, but so I hope nobody figures out what that is because that person might feel bad. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I literally went. They were like, they love me. I knew I had it won. And I said, I just want to be clear, though, if it's a difference to me and that person and like the scholarship money I won't use. And if they can use it, they should get the award. And then they got the award and they, they were like. They let me know that's what was going to happen. So, so, I didn't no, get it so noble. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, oh, this is the best question. Uh, 16, has Twitter made you a happier person? No, that's why I'm no longer on it. <laughs> I don't think, I think it's a net zero. I haven't, enough makes me happy and enough frustrates me, but I like, I don't get my news anywhere else anymore. So like, it just sort of all balances out. So I'm saying net zero. That's an improved or, or made negative. <laughs> Uh, what did your parents almost name you? Atticus. Really? Yep. Uh, I think I was going to be possibly a Jason. That was a pretty popular name at the time. But then we I thought for twins. a second you said adjacent, <laughs> which would have been a funny twin name. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Um, Jason. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're not Jason. That's not good. I like. Yeah, Jason's terrible. Uh, did you watch any of those uh, videos that Chelsea Manning helped leak, especially that one? So I, I actually had to nope. Google this because I did not fucking remember any of that. Do wait, did she release the Saddam Hussein one? I think so. That that uh, one I saw. I'm sure at the time I did, but I was like, Chelsea Manning rings a bell and I Googled it and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot all about all of oh, this. Not the president's daughter, that other Chelsea. <laughs> um, if you had to fight in any war from human history, which would you choose? Oh Jesus. Ugh. Man, who wants to do that? <laughs> there are people that do. I oh, just watched Barry, man. Like those guys. I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm gonna die no matter what. So I guess if I have to do it, I have to go World War II because at least like the cause is pretty. Like it's a strong. There's a strong argument that that war had to be fought. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say World War II. So at least I'm like part of something honorable, um, without much questioning into whether or not it was honorable. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, if I'm going to die in a war, uh, I guess that that one or the Civil War uh, fighting on the right I just don't side. Think I, wanna, I just don't think I even want to be tied to that because we're still just being so complicated. Yeah. And like it just, yeah, World War II, not very complicated. Boom. Um, isn't there someone you should finally apologize to this week? Uh, I, I made my apology at the top of this podcast, so I feel like I'm good. I mean, yeah, I told y'all I'm sorry. Sorry, audience. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I'm pretty good at my apologies, and and I have made a point to make sure I don't have I don't have a lack of them, whether or not they're received, whatever. But I've done my job. What is the most important article of clothing that you own? My hat. Yeah, uh, my hat too. Uh, belonged to. I, I, I belong to my dad, but not in the sense that he's passed, in the sense that I stole it from him. Also, yes, I stole a hat from my dad. <laughs> so funny. Um, are you happily addicted to anything? Mm, I mean, probably like. I would say, like, I would say, like, movies and stuff, like. The only problem with this is it's hard to watch them because I have two kids. So yeah. that makes me not so happy. Um, so I don't know if that cuts it out. But I think I'm happily addicted to them. So, yes, movies. Yeah, I, I think I'm happily addicted to podcasting. I get kind of pissy yeah, when I go too long without podcasting. Um, yeah, I think if, it, again, the two kids thing makes it more stressful for me. And so, but I also, I almost said that too. That's a good one. We're having a dance. Would you like to come to our dance? I'm not really a dance guy, so I would decline that. Can I bring, if I can bring my wife, that's a yes. If it's just me, heck no, because I'm just going to sit there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess if it was like a, we're going to go sit there and be the two dudes who sit at a dance and make fun of other people, then I'd be down for that. Um, otherwise, I'd be like, no, you just take your wife and I will sit this one out. Huh. Um, have you 
uh, you have to permanently give up either movies or television. What's it going to be? I feel like this television. is the answer for both of us. Yeah, buy, t- I, buy TV. Yeah, you're going to give up television and I'm going to give up movies because there's way more good television in a year than there are movies. So. You just don't watch the same movies I watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, last question. Uh, please draw a quick doodle of yourself, especially if you're not an artist. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one, too. I, I'm going <laughs> to send Brian K. Vaughn some buttons, though. So Awesome. Well, very fun. Well, I've, I'm hearing activity in my driveway that's unfamiliar, so let's wrap this thing up so I can see what's going on outside. Um, and if I don't show up for the next podcast, you know I've been abducted. Um, <laughs> You can find me on the internet at on Twitter at Film Dispenser, having a net zero uh, benefit slash deduction from my life experience. Uh, that's Film Dispenser, like a Pez dispenser, but for movies. Logan, where can they find you? Um, nowhere. Don't find me. Uh, go over to xwingfiles.com. <laughs> you can hear anything else I'm doing. Um, and you can also go to the movie aisle, I-S-L-E. Um, and read the stuff that I'm currently writing. So Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your patience. Please rate and review us. And if you just want to say bad things about our timeliness, that's fine. But just give us five stars, and then we'll make fun of ourselves on the air next episode. Um, but, yeah, this is a great episode to talk to – or great issue to talk with you about. It's not our really determination to say if it was a great episode or not. That was very cocky. Um, but great issue. Uh, I enjoyed our talk, Logan, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye.